0: amen hey we are on page 119 for those of you who have your workbooks there once again on the intro to apologetics and you know the theme we are dealing with the skeptical questions of our society anybody run into some scoffers lately yeah what the bible say in fact that's a sign you're living in the last day scoffers will come and we've been dealing with that especially about the existence of god we dealt with that first chapter everything has a beginning which implies a beginner i.e. god everything has design uh, which shows uh, uh which implies a designer capital d i.e. god What about evolution, evolution? We dealt with that. Not only with the workbook, we took a 42-week detour. Yay, I was excited about that but we made it through there too. And it uh, went extensively on that with our Witness to Creation study. Then, uh, where did this universal moral law come from? Why do people inherently know internally that it's wrong to murder, lie, and etc.? Oh, came from a moral lawgiver, i.e. God. What about the Bible? People attack the Bible, say that's just a book whooped up by man. How do you know it's really true? And, and all that stuff. We dealt with that. What about suffering? They start to attack God's character. If he's so loving and wonderful, then why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? Blah, blah, blah. We dealt with that extensively. Then they start to hit on Jesus. Is Jesus really the Son of God? And did he really rise from the dead or was that just a hoax or something that the apostles uh, perpetrated to uh, keep christianity going they didn't want to lose a good thing etc blah 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 no he really is the son of god praise god and he really did rise from the dead then we've been dealing with the topic what is the meaning of life now once again we say yeah in fact i'll test you you guys ready for your test we're at the final one right i'm gonna test you what is the meaning of life You know, all you had to say was Jesus, and you could have got it right. That's easy. Was it too easy? Was that the deal? I don't know. Listen to me. What the hell is God, right? God and living for him. That's what we're seeing. Now, uh, just to recap there with, as you can see, Pat Benatar on page 1019 there, uh, tilting her head there or something. Uh, What does bring uh, joy, peace, and meaning in our lives? Well, we saw... Already that hello. It's not what the world says and how many guys been down this route? It's not for money It's not wisdom. It's not education. It's not things. It's not power. It's not fame. It's not fun It's not pleasure. It's not accomplishments It's not even relationships because as we saw last time one day it's gonna happen you live long enough, right? You're gonna roll over and there she is. She's got the cucumbers on her eyeballs. They're all dried up She's looking like an alien mold come out of her head worse yet. She looks over you. You don't have any hair on your head I mean it changes, right? So the relationship its not hey relationships are great But ultimately, (laughs) I wish I had a camera going this way. But ultimately, uh, that's not where it's at. Now, we saw last time, well, hey, uh, then where is it, right? What can we find purpose and meaning in life, uh, certainly as Christians? We saw on page 119 that, uh, believe it or not, you can actually find great work and joy and stuff in your what? Work? Yeah, work. And I would add this, work, well, not just like a secular arena. That is certainly that. uh, But also your service or work for Jesus Christ. Okay, that's that's good stuff. Okay, uh, but this is the scripture says from the hand of god It's the gift of god. He also says Uh, not only that but he says also with your wife or you know your relationships, you know I'll even throw in there not just wife but just friendship. Anybody appreciate having a friend Once in a while all three of you praise god Okay, and uh, but yeah, so you can have fun and and enjoy that and whatever and then we saw also but not just that how I many guys were excited about the potluck on Sunday? Food, right? Food, man, wasn't that exciting? Food and fellowship, man, you can have great times with that, okay? And once again, were you guys the only one besides me who was very, very excited that when we did get over there for that potluck, not one person, I was watching too, not one person went like a plant and sucked up their nutrients, as we saw, that would be freaky. God made uh, eating food fun, okay, and fellowship, it's good, okay, enjoy Life. And that's the whole point what we're leading to is you not only find value and meaning and purpose in these things But the key is today in these things Not tomorrow not in a past. You cannot change today Jesus says the same thing in matthew chapter 6 open your bibles real quick there Matthew chapter 6 kind of interesting god's timing. You don't know this but lord willing matthew 6 what we're about to read is one of the major texts for a sunday study So, kind of interesting that we're going to hit it twice. Maybe God's trying to send us a message or something. Uh, Matthew 6 and uh, verse 25. Okay. You find a peaceful, a joyful, a great life in Christ today. That's it. It's got to be right now. Okay. And that's what Jesus says. uh, Matthew 6, verse 25. When you get there, say, moo, or look at dawn. Sorry, Don, I'm just pressuring you there a little bit there. Anyway, Anyways, so, uh, here we go. This one says, therefore, Jesus being I tell you, do not what? Worry. worry. Remember we saw Sunday? Worry is the same word in Philippians 4. Uh, anxious, it's the exact same Greek word, it means consume with yourself. That answers a lot. That's when we worry, when we get anxious, Right. Jesus don't be consumed with yourself about your life what you're going to eat or drink or about your body What you're going to wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes look at the birds of the air Okay, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them Are you not much more valuable than they who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? What good is it going to do you? Is there any benefit? No, like what one guy said he says worrying is like a rocking chair there's a lot of movement going on, but you ain't going nowhere, right? It's useless. It's crazy, okay? <clears> then <throat> he says, well, hey, not only that, why, why do you worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't labor. They don't spin. Uh, I, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not more, much more clothe you, O oh, you, of what? Little faith, trust him. So do not worry. Saying, "What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear?" What are you thinking about when you're doing that? Self. Self and future. Okay, I got clothes now. You guys got clothes now. Once again, praise God. They make a difficult study. <laughs> right? Did you eat? Got some sort of morsel in your gut today? I just got some gum. Woo! Life is good. Cinnamon too. Right? Uh, right? You had a place to sleep right? They had a place to crash last night. Hey, life is good, right? So today, enjoy Woo! But you, when you said, well, what about tomorrow? What am we going to eat tomorrow? What about this? <laughs> Jesus said, don't do that, right? Today is the day, okay? He says this. He says, uh, don't worry about it. what you eat, what you drink, what you wear?" For the, pa- the who? Pagans. You're acting like a pagan. You're acting like a worldly person when you're doing this. What are you doing? You're acting like the pagans. They run after all these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's what you do. You seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about what? Tomorrow, I love this. Why? (sighs) Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has got enough trouble of its own. Is that not true or what? I mean, why would you want to go into a past and heap up more? On your today when you already got enough to deal with today And then why would you go on the future and heap up even more on top of that? No wonder today's overwhelming Right, but this is the key. It's not just we need to seek satisfaction and meaning and fulfillment uh, and joy in our work and service and our wife our relationships food fellowship You need to do it today. Not yesterday. Not tomorrow right now Right. Is life good right now? Are you here? Right? Hey, praise God, life is good. And if you get into the habit of moment by moment, every day, each day, what day, man, this really isn't that bad. And listen. Then he throws heaven in on top later. <laughs> yeah. it gets it's awesome, right? It's just it's amazing okay? But that's what he says today, okay? Uh, Here's where we left off. Joy, meaning, and peace cannot be found in the middle of 120, cannot be found in wealth, fame, power, money, wisdom, or education. It cannot be found in dwelling in the past or living for the future. However, it can be found this day, doing what God called you to do, meaningful, purposeful things in him today. And life really isn't that bad if you live that way. The author of Ecclesiastes reminds us that we cannot control a lot of things in life. So what does he suggest? Enjoy life. Enjoy it. Enjoy it today. Don't let the things you can't control destroy what you can enjoy. Too often we miss out, uh, and miss that what we want, uh, uh, we want what we want or what we think we want, and we've got to have it right now. Okay? Uh, life is what's happening while we're busy making other things plans how many guys heard that statement before isn't it and you're missing you're missing the opportunities before you right um one of my favorite stories i share once in a while i'll share this i feel led to at a funeral i know that sounds kind of macabre but uh good time to have people's attention when it thinks about eternity and 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 things in life uh i I never thought first of all i'd ever be a christian let alone be a pastor especially with my background right and uh, and i certainly never thought i'd ever do a funeral let alone as many funerals as I've done. I lost count. I lost count that first year. You guys remember the story of my first senior pastor? I, I was praying, oh God, I really want to get to know the community and the people and all this stuff and reach out, and, you know, and that's great. And so guess what? Ring a ling ling Funeral. Finish that one two weeks later. Ring ling-ling ling, funeral, right? <laughs> I've never done a funeral in my life. What's going on? God help. Right? Next thing you know, about twelve funerals later, I'm going, hey, I'm getting to know the community pretty good. <laughs> Not serious it's like whoa okay different way but anyway so at funerals uh, great opportunity to reach out to people okay and uh but anyway one of my favorite stories is this because that's what we do one of the things i try to stress even for the christian you can't change what just happened to your loved one hopefully they know jesus christ your savior praise god we can celebrate that we grieve but we don't grieve as those who have no hope scripture says praise god their last breath here was their first breath in heaven it's a temporary goodbye if they don't know jesus not good, okay? Not good at all. It went to hell, okay? And that's a tough cookie swallowing. Sometimes we've got to deal with that, okay? But sometimes we need, it's a wake-up call, and you realize, what have I been doing? That's going to be me one day. That's what drew me to Christ. You guys know my testimony. You know, the 1980s ex-headbanger, drug addict, sex war, male, children's pig guide involved in the occult, okay? I didn't want to have anything to do with God. But what woke me up was I went and saw my dead friend in a casket in the year. I've never seen it to this day ever again, even in ministry. Open casket, as soon as you walk... Can you imagine we had a casket right out there? Oh, and there it was, and he had rolled his Trans Am. He's coming home drunk from a bar, which I should have been myself. I should have been with him, and uh, he was all messed up. They tried to do the makeup stuff, and it just... Whatever, so I'm staring at his corpse. I mean, before I went there, I was actually laughing with my friend... In the parking lot, joking, but as soon as I saw him, it just boom. And what plagued me until I got saved many years later was what's going to happen when I die. And I had no answers, right? But sometimes we have the answers, but we act like we're not going to die. And what happens? Then we get into this rat race thing. We go, oh, tomorrow in the future, and this, and I got to have this, and our today's all messed up. And sometimes, when you face with eternity, it's a good reminder: what am I doing? Take stock right? Enjoy it now. Enjoy your relationships. God's good. You got food. You got shelter, right? You got a good church. You got good fellowship. That potluck was jamming, right? Enjoy. Whew, life is awesome, right? Bobby's back there doing the sound. I hope it's awesome, but anyway. <laughs> right. It, life's good, but we waste opportunities, and we think we can change it somehow. That No, you can't. Anyway, here's the story. A woman became very ill, After a time of a hospitalization, she returned home, but she was confined to bed, and her eight-year-old daughter was not aware of the terminal status of the illness. The little girl stood outside the bedroom door. One afternoon, as the doctor, along with her father, visited her mother, and she overheard the doctor say to her mother, Yes, I will be frank with you, the time is not too far off. Before the last leaves have gone from the trees, you will die. But they didn't know that the little girl was there. Sometime later, the father came to the breakfast table to find that his little girl was not there as he had expected. After searching for her, he he saw her out in the front yard. His heart was broken as he watched her picking up leaves that had begun to fall from the trees. And she was using thread to tie them back onto the limbs of the tree. How many times do we do that after? It's like, why didn't I enjoy it? I don't know about you, but I hear so many stories. I don't want to learn. You might like enjoying learning things the hard way? Isn't that awesome? Who signed us up for that class? It's like we always have to take that one, right? I don't like that class, right? And so when people give you those nuggets, I, I at least try, at least try to listen a little bit, right? And not learn things the hard way. And one thing I've always had to say, hey, you better enjoy your kids now, better enjoy your kids now, better enjoy your kids now. They're growing up better. Yeah, Right? Because you can't change it. I'm I'm trying to, I'm busy as all get out and I always feel bad enough as it is as a dad and not around like I'd like to be and what have you. But trusting God will help us out. But anyway, but I'm trying to enjoy it. And I'm trying to enjoy my son being wacky like me. And I'm trying to enjoy my daughter and being the princess and the gorilla girl. And all that's, you know, where they're at. I'm just, I'm trying to enjoy it. Because I've done so many funerals with so many people. And they're trying to put those leaves back on and it's too late i remember one one guy that was dying in new york when i was pastoring there man was that a gut wrencher right he was literally dying hours away and so i went in there and uh, prayed with him and stuff and he said uh he was right with the lord he was ready to go but he had recently gotten saved but man he was really estranged from his kids and he had he'd done bad things he wasn't a good dad. Things of that nature. But he was wanting to own up to it. He was wanting to make amends with his kids. He knew he was getting ready to die. So he asked me if I would go out there because his kids were in the waiting room. They weren't in there seeing him. They were out in the waiting room. And he asked me if I would go talk to him and see if he'd come in so he could make peace with his kids before he passed away. I went out there and every single one of his kids said, absolutely not. They were so stinking mad. I said, but listen, you don't get this, man. Your dad is admitting he was wrong. Your dad admitted that he's making a mistake. He wants, he wants to say, I'm sorry. He wants to say, I love you. Would you please forgive him? I mean, this is your golden opportunity. Absolutely not. And that was their way of getting back. And I, I got a little incensed. It means I was a little upset. And I says, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. You're going to, one day, I didn't say this, but you're going to try to put a leaf back on the tree that you can't. You're going to look back on this time when you could have had peace with your dad and you blew it. How dare you do this? You're going to regret it. Still didn't do it. Still didn't do it. But this is what Ecclesiastes, this is what Solomon's trying to say. Enjoy it now. Enjoy the journey. It's in Christ. This is where it's all meaningful, hopeful. Life is good, right? If you live each day, not tomorrow, not the past, today. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about your life, right? Right? Get consumed with God. Have a great time, right, in Christ, okay? Time, time is very valuable. I don't know if you guys have heard this one. To realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed a final exam. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who's given birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask an editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet. To realize the value of one minute, ask the person who missed the train, the bus, or the plane. To realize the value of one second, ask a person who survived an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask the person who won the silver medal at the Olympics. To realize the value of a nanosecond, ask the person who didn't get right with God. Before it was too late. Time waits for no one. Today's the day. Enjoy it. So, my theory is this. Pork out and die! Yeah! Yeah! You got a potluck, eat it up, right? No, seriously, I mean, yeah, you can enjoy that. But, uh, you know, make sure your heart's right with God. Make sure you're born again and live today, right? We could get raptured before the study's over. And I know some of you, that's a joy to think about. But anyway, but no, we could get raptured, right? We could die tonight. What was it all about? You spent your whole day, ooh, you didn't have tomorrow. Did you know that one day your tomorrow's going to be today that you're not going to have? Something like that? <laughs> Read, work that out in the video or something. I don't know. You have to, right? I mean, think about it. It's going to happen. What was it all about? Right? Do you guys remember that Bugs Bunny cartoon? Where that gremlin's on that, he's Bugs Bunny. It's one of the war cartoons, I guess. He's in that B-52 bomber. And that gremlin's like <sighs> ripping up all the planes. Right? This is before, uh, you know, Twilight Zone, I think, uh, did it with uh, William Shatner, right? They probably got it from Bugs Money. But anyway, remember that episode, right? And then, of course, the plane is starting to go down. You know, and so he's like, and you see the speed is going up there. Remember that one? You remember that? And, he's, and then he's like getting all green and going down the seat. It keeps going faster and faster. And he's like, oh, help, help with the sign, right? And he's, and then he's and then all of a sudden, he holds up this sign. He says, is this trip really necessary? Right? Remember that cartoon? I always think about that. When you start getting wigged out about a day or something that happened that day. And it's like, you're messing up my day. It's like, wait a second. Is this really that necessary? Do I really need to get that wigged out? I could die tonight. And is that how I want to spend my last day, my last today on earth? Mm. No. Live today. Look around you. Life is good, right? Enjoy the journey uh, in Christ. Is what He's trying to tell us. Okay. One of my favorite books, actually not mine, this guy's, uh, the Book of Virtues, is a collection of great moral stories from around the world. And he talks about this uh, French story uh, about impatience and discontentment. It's called the Magic Thread. Let's read through that real quick. Once there was a boy named Peter. He didn't enjoy going to school. He was forever daydreaming. And the teacher would say to him, Peter, what are you dreaming about this time? And he replied, I'm thinking about what I will be when I grow up. And the teacher said, well, be patient. There's plenty of time for that. Being grown up isn't all that fun, you know. Anybody concur? Again, cucumbers, no hair, it's going to happen. Peter, I found out it's hard to enjoy, or Peter found out, uh, uh, found it hard to enjoy whatever he was doing at the moment and was always hankering for the next thing. In the winter, he longed for the summer. In the summer, he looked forward to the winter and skating and sledding and and things of that nature. He was never content. Well, one day, he was walking through the woods and he sat down by a tree. He was dreaming about the future, of course, and he fell asleep. And he woke up, there was this old woman, and in her hand, she held a silver ball with a golden thread dangling from him. And she says, see what I have got here, Peter? And she offered him, and he says, what's this? And she said, this is your life thread. Uh, Do not touch the golden thread, And time will pass normally but if you wish time to pass more quickly give the thread a pull and an hour will pass by just like a second Uh, But I warn you once the thread has been pulled out. It cannot be pushed back in again This ball is for you if you want it and of course what's he say give it to me give it to me Right So he put it in his pocket. Well the following day at school He started to get bored with the lesson and he thought if only it was time to go home and then he decided hey, wait a second He pulled the string and just like that, he was home and he was overjoyed. He said, man, this is great. How easy life's going to be now. And from that day forth, he began to pull this red just a little, just a little every day. Well, one day it occurred to him that uh, if he gave it a harder tug, school would be over altogether. Okay. And uh, so that's what he did that night. The next morning he woke and he found himself a trained carpenter in the town. And he loved his new life, but sometimes payday seemed so far away. So guess what? He pulled this red a little each week. Well, during that time, Peter met a girl and he just couldn't wait to marry her. So one night, guess what? He pulled the string, right? And when he woke up it was his wedding day and on the day of his wedding, everyone, including Peter was happy. And at the wedding feast, he glanced over at his mother and he knows for the first time how gray her hair was. Peter, he felt a pang of guilt that he pulled on that thread so often, okay? And about several months later, his new wife announced that she was gonna have a child and he was overjoyed, he could hardly wait. So you know what happened? He pulled the string and there was a beautiful child. Now, when the child was born, he felt that he could uh, never want for anything again. But sometimes the child was ill or cried through the sleepless night or went, yeah, yeah, for a year and a half because she had colic and I just couldn't get no sleep. I'm sorry, I had a flashback with Rebecca. (laughs) Oh, man, was that rough Reed? It was like a year and a half, man. We had like a two-week respite, man. And we tried every home remedy you could think of, right? And it was like, okay, it's gone. And then her teeth started coming in. We had to take shifts. I'm not kidding you. In- anyway, let's move on. Uh <laughs> I wish I had that string. No, no, I don't. Anyway, so, right, so, so, Peter would give the thread a little tug, right? And, and the baby was, you know, well and happy again, right? But then hard times came and business was bad and Peter's family grew and he found himself dissatisfied and discontent. And it seemed as soon as man one trouble was solved, another one seemed to grow in its place. And so one day he thought, how much easier life would be if all of his children were grown up and they all had careers of their own. So he gave the thread a mighty tug. Well, the following day peter woke up he looked in the mirror his hair was almost white he looked at his wife and she was old and very ill his parents were now gone and he felt sad and guilty so sad and guilty they decided to go for a walk in the forest to think things over he noticed on his walk that all the trees had grown up and it was hard to even find the path and uh his old and uh he was old and his bones were weak and he sat down by a tree and fell asleep and he woke to someone calling his name wake up peter you'll be late for school you were sleeping like the dead When he awoke, his youthful mother was bending over him, shaking him gently. And as Peter walked to school that morning, he noticed what a bright spring morning it was. He was enjoying the day today. It was the kind of morning he felt good to be alive. One person said this, I used to be dying to get out of college. Then I was dying to get married. Then I was dying to get a good job. Then I was dying to get a promotion. Then I was dying to get the kids out to college. Then I was dying to retire. Now I'm dying and I realize I forgot to live. Enjoy now. It's going to happen. Now, over here, this must be the young whippersnapper section. Let's give it up for these folks over here. I don't know what it is. That's the whippersnapper wing of Sunrise Baptist Church. The rest of us mature people. (laughs) Right? This is for you because you guys are, oh, yeah, yeah, enjoy today or whatever. I'm sorry I'm being pessimistic with you guys, but I've been there. Right? You think, ah, you know, you think your youth is going to last forever, don't you? Right? Right? You ever see those guys and they're pumping iron, working out and whatever, and you're going, "Yeah, you just wait, you're going to get wings like the rest of us, right? It's going to happen." And then you actually rejoice when you see them bearing wings. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen, right? Enjoy today. You got youthfulness, man. Enjoy it. Woo! You can stay up late at night and somehow pull it off. Go to work. Today. Hey, enjoy it, right? You can pound down 18 plates at the buffet. Can enjoy it. Apparently, <laughs> you're still breathing. This is amazing, right? Okay, because one day. You can't put the leaves back on the tree. You can't put the thread back in the thing. Your body's going to change. Life's going to change. And you can't get it back. Enjoy now. Because here's what's coming. Let me encourage you. Uh, One morning, you're going to wake up and realize that the twinkle in your eye is merely a reflection from the sun in your bifocals. Your wild oats have uh, turned into prunes and all bram. In fact, you start dreaming about prunes. Uh, One day, your knees might buckle, but uh, your belt won't. And your idea of weightlifting is just standing up. Uh, your happy hour has now become a nap. And your night out on, uh, out on the town is sitting out on the patio. And your address book now contains mostly names that start with doctor. Okay. Men, check it out. Uh, one day, your ears are going to have more hair than what's on your head. Uh, and you're going to have a party but your neighbors don't even realize it, okay? And uh, in fact, they call you at nine o'clock and say, excuse me, did I wake you up? Uh, but anyway, uh, in fact, one day you're gonna realize that that little old gray-haired lady you just helped across the street, now that was your wife, okay? Hey, I gotta encourage them, I'm sorry. Uh, one morning you're gonna wake up and go to the breakfast table and you're gonna hear snap, crackle, and pop and realize you're not eating cereal, okay? Uh, one night you're gonna go to bed and realize that you and your teeth don't sleep together anymore, right? You bit into that steak and they stayed there, whoo, right? Uh, One day you're going to wake up and you're going to really look like your driver's license pitcher. You're going to sit in that rocking chair. You can't even get it going, right? Uh, You're going to look for your glasses for a half hour, realize they're on your head the whole time. Uh, But the ultimate sign that uh, you're getting more mature, you shouldn't. You're going to bend over one day. Get this, man. You ready, Ken? You're going to bend over to straighten out the wrinkles in your socks and realize you ain't wearing socks. Makes you want to wash your hands. Just saying that, doesn't it? Okay, it's going to happen. But guess what? It's too late, isn't it? And you look back. I've done. I dealt with this so many times with so many people. Why didn't I? I shoulda. I call it the woulda, shoulda, coulda. If only I coulda. I shoulda. Why did? It's too late. Now, a lot of us typically already have at this point, even whatever age, some regret anyway that we should have done something differently. We should hey, listen. Then at least listen. You can't change the past, but you can learn from it. So learn the lesson, move on today. So however many days you got left, be it one, be it a thousand, be it whatever, live it today. You don't have to be stuck. Because if you don't do that, if you don't learn from it and then get committed to get back on track and start living today, you'll be stuck in your past. And that's just as much trap as being stuck in the future, worrying about oh, what am I gonna eat, what am I gonna drink, gonna eat. and you're gonna miss it in either spectrum. And that's what he pulls us back down. You need to live for today with these things in mind i believe one of the most important biblical teachings is found in psalm 118 24 this is the day this is the day now right now today that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it is your blank there rejoice and be glad in it next blank every single day how many every single day even the hard ones has its blessings Uh, a few years ago there was a kodak commercial there was a scene uh, a mother and a dad desperately trying to Uh, Get themselves and the kids ready to go somewhere and the kids were holding up progress every step of the way There was pillow fights jumping on the bed dancing and so on And finally a smile came on the mother's face as she tried to uh, took a picture of the laughing kids and the narrator's voice says stop look around This is the good stuff Don't miss it Interns Oftentimes what do I tell you about your internship? Enjoy Enjoy it now Enjoy this. Soak it up. Eat it up. Awesome. You got good brothers in Christ. It's awesome. Being trained for ministry. God's doing a neat work. He's doing a special work. Right? But guess what? One day, you're all going to start going off in the other directions. You can't put the leaves back on. Enjoy it. Soak it up. Enjoy it. Great memories. Great times. Sunrise. Things going well at the church? Hey, soak it up, man. Soak it up. It's awesome. Eat it up. Yeah. This is good. Because persecution can come, or who knows what can happen, or we're going to die, or the Rapture. Enjoy it. Enjoy each day you got. Okay, is what he's talking about there. All right, top of the next page. Ecclesiastes ends with this conclusion. He's, uh, here says the teacher. Here's the meaning of life. Here it boils it down to it. Don't get this one wrong on the test. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. What's he basically saying? He's recapping what he told us. Oh, by the way, you cannot find meaning and purpose ultimately in money, wisdom, education, things, power, fame, fun, pleasure, accomplishment, or relationships. Uh, Here's what you need to do. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. That's what it is, right? Wake up every day. It's all about Jesus Christ. I'm living for him, serving him today. Life is good, and we haven't got to heaven yet, right? Now, do you see why when we started this chapter, and we were talking about Solomon, and I said, me personally, I love this book, Ecclesiastes. You know, people say, oh, don't start off there. That's depressing. No, it's not. This thing's a great guard for your heart, so that even after, you know, you get saved, and, you know, aren't you glad when we get saved, we never make mistakes, and we never take a detour from Jesus. We always stay right on target. Are you kidding me, right? The enemy comes in, he'll you go to plan B, plan a was to keep you from getting saved, so you join him in the lake of fire well that didn't work so he moves to plan b and plan b is to get you to do anything and everything but grow up in your walk with jesus christ and get busy serving jesus christ so you'll never become a threat so he will even though you just got rescued from all that worldly mindset worldly thinking worldly living he will come in and he'll get you no no no, no i'm telling you you need to go for the money no no no. i'm telling you it's education where it's at christian no no no. i'm telling you christian it, here's it's that relationship no 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 it's 40 years go by, can't put the leaves back on, right? Real quick, uh, I, every when, when I went to Bible college, at the place where I went to, every semester, we always have new students, right? And uh, every semester, th- this was our routine, and you had to stand up, uh, state your name, and uh, what church you go to, and why you're here, right? And so we'd get up there, and <clears throat> we'd get up there and say, hey, Billy Cronin, go to XYZ Church, and... And I'm here because, you know, God called me, and blah, 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 right? So invariably, the newer students, and some of them, these were guys that were in their uh, late 50s, early 60s. A lot of them were uh, coming out of the military, Uh, but some of them were just secular guys, and they were hitting uh, retirement, early retirement, or took an early retirement, because they wanted to go and get equipped ministry. And they would get up, and these are grown, grown manly men, right? And they're up there quivering with the lip. Right, just with tears coming down their face. Say, my name is Bob something. And I go to such church and God called me into ministry when I was 17 years old. And I didn't listen to him. And I went off and did my own thing. And I'm glad I'm here. Because I'm finally being obedient to what he called me to do. But it was tears of regret because they wasted 40 years. That could have been meaningful for all eternity. I've had that drilled in my head so many times. Okay? Fear God. Keep his commandments. Whatever he's called you to do, wherever it is, get busy doing it. Don't fall for the goofball lie of this world. I'm telling you, it happens all the time. He's going to try to get you to do anything and everything but do what Jesus has, listened saved you for. Real quick, Ephesians chapter 2, turn there. We've got to get this drilled into our heads too. Ephesians chapter 2. And we know of verse 8 through 9. But keep reading. Verse 10 is really where it's awesome. I remember reading this for the first time as a Christian. I was like, are you serious? This just keeps getting better (laughs) being a Christian. You mean God has saved me? Me? Not just save me. But even before I get to heaven, there's something absolutely fantastic of eternal value he wants to do with this life. This one, the messed up life. What? That's what he says. And this is what we've got to read. Verse 8, this is what he says. He said, listen, uh, uh, right here, he says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is, what? This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. We usually stop there. No, keep reading. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works, which God prepared what? In advance for us to do. So he didn't just save us. He saved every single born-again Christian to do something he, in advance. I'm saving you for a purpose to do something splendid, to do something awesome. I'm going to empower you by my spirit and I'm going to give you certain gifts and if you get busy doing what I prepared in advance for you to do, wow. That's what the enemy tries to take away. Isn't that awesome? Your life as a Christian following Jesus Christ ceases to become meaningless. But the enemy will get us to live meaningless if we get off track, right? He's prepared for us good works to do. Let's continue on. Psalm 34, uh, 37, four says, uh, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Ecclesiastes remind us that we will never find ultimate meaning in life under the sun. The book drives home the conclusion uh, that to find meaning, joy, peace, and life, we must look outside of ourself Uh, and search for answers beyond the sun perhaps we are not content and happy because we're not supposed to be have you ever considered that god has designed is your blank there god has designed us to be empty frustrated and discontent without him not that that's his doing necessarily but we are separated from him and guess what that's a clue that something's missing and that's also what he says god has set eternity in the hearts of men so that they might uh, uh seek him out Okay, we were meant for something more than life under the sun. We were created to live forever in heaven, not in this fallen world. Uh, Alistair McGrath, he says, many have found that the awesome sight of the star-studded heavens evoke a sense of wonder and awareness of transcendence that's charged with spiritual significance. Yet the distant shimmering of stars does not itself create the sense of longing. It merely exposes what's already there. Remember I told you guys, me growing up in the Midwest, I'm out there, there's no light pollution out in Stickville, USA. Okay, where they now raise buffalo. I mean, you get a really cool light show. But even as a non-Christian, I'm looking up at the sky and I'm going, wow, there's got to be more to life. It just, but, but so that, that life isn't in the stars. It's it, it, so what he says. It exposes there's an emptiness, right, is what he says there. Uh, they're the catalyst for our spiritual insights, revealing our emptiness, compelling us to ask whether and how this void might be filled. Might our true origins and destiny somehow lie beyond the stars? Uh, might there be, uh, not be a homeland from which we are presently exiled and to which we secretly long to return? Might not our accumulation of discontentment and disillusionment with our present existence be a pointer to another land where our true destiny lies and which is able to make its presence felt now in this haunting way? Suppose that this is not where we are meant to be, but a better land is at hand. We don't belong here. We have somehow lost our way. Would not this make our present existence both strange and splendid? Strange because it's not where our true destiny lies, but splendid because it points ahead to where the real hope might be found. The beauty of the night skies or the glorious sunset are important pointers uh, to the origins and ultimate fulfillment of our heart's deepest desires. But if we mistake the signpost for what is signposted, we will attach our hopes and longings to lesser goals, which cannot finally quench our thirst for meaning. Right all of this is supposed to illuminate. Hey, listen, there's something wrong There's something missing And it cannot be found in this world It's outside this world But what does the enemy do the little g of this world? He no no it's this in the world. It's no it's that thing in the world. No, it's this thing in the world And you will always be frustrated he says this on the 124. On the service, we seem quite different, but deep down, we are fundamentally uh, the same. We are all desperately unhappy about something, and we don't know what it is. In every person, there is this nameless, unsatisfied longing, this vague discontent, this something lacking, this frustration, this something that only Jesus Christ can satisfy, right? And this is what, when I'm uh, uh, sharing with a non-Christian whatever, listen, I've been there, so I know the game right? This is the game. What was the, What did he say? You cannot find meaning in life. Everybody is born cut off from God. We are all born sinners. Surely I was sinful from birth, David says, right? We are born DOA on arrival spiritually. We are cut off from God. So we are born and we grow up with this something's missing, something's gone. There's a void in my heart we, I, uh, and we're searching and that's the game that we all play. We all act like we all got it together, right? And so we go down that route. We start looking for that, fill that hole in the heart with the money or the wisdom or the education, the degrees and the relationship and the pleasure and it can't work it's trying to put a square peg into a round hole and we're frustrated and we're so stinking frustrated because everywhere we go in the media the educational system everywhere our parents our peers whoever says this is what you got to do this is what it's all about this is what life's all about and you're playing the game you wear this mask and you act like you got it all together and it's so stinking empty and everybody has their masks you run into the person Oh, I don't need God. I'm perfectly fine. Life is great. Yeah, maybe they do have a lot of money. But I look beyond that. Because I know money doesn't satisfy. Been there. Oh, life is great. I don't need Jesus. What are you talking about? I've got it all together. They're married. they got a relationship. Guess what? Bet you they got big problems. And they do. They didn't have to tell me. I know. Because life apart from Jesus is horrid. Right? Well, you got it all together? Yeah, you got this fame, power, prestige. Maybe you're a Hollywood elite, whatever. I don't care. I was witnessing to this actress one of the trips when I was in New York. And we talk about a divine appointment. Was there to talk about a project uh, down in L.A. with some other contacts. And, uh, and uh, at first, you know, it would be kind of intimidating, right? But then it's like, no, why am I here? I'm here, I specifically prayed God that you would give me an opportunity to witness. So I'm going down the, going down the, the gospel man, and we're down there, hey, have you ever told a lie? I mean, it's just right there, and it's just like, brand new information. It's like, are you serious? Nobody's ever told you before? You've got to be kidding me, right? And there, but on the outside, and then she began to get very uncomfortable, right? Now, when we first met, got it all together, things are happening, life is great, blah, 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 blah. No, it's not, because I know what you refused to admit. because I used to be there. Your life is so stinking empty and meaningless and vain and you're sick and tired of it and when you're on your bed and it's all by yourself and it's midnight and you can't fall asleep, you sit there and you're weeping and you're going, is this all there is to life? And most of the times, people want to kill themselves. And so here, you and I, the Christian, what do we have the privilege? Hey, guess what? I know where there's meaning in life. I know how to get rid of that wholeness in your heart. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Aren't you tired of going down this rat race in this hole that can never satisfy with money and power and fame and stuff, right? But you know, we destroy our witness when we do that ourselves because we're acting just like them. But if we get back to Jesus, living for Jesus each day, doing the splendid work that he saved us for, we're not only going to be joyful and peaceful and content living each day, people are going to see that. And like a moth to a flame. And this is what these guys, they quote uh, here at the very end. This is the crux of the matter. Ultimately, only Jesus Christ, that's your blank there, only Jesus Christ, can satisfy a person's spiritual hunger and thirst. In Christ, the hunger and thirst disappear. The human heart at last finds what it's been searching for, peace, hope, forgiveness, meaning, and life. What's that, Mary? Hey, that's right. Peace, hope, forgiveness, meaning, and life. I'll say that again because that's a lot of blanks to fill in. Uh, peace, hope, forgiveness, and meaning of life. Okay, okay. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. Happiness is neither within nor without us. It is in God. And only when God is in us is happiness within and without us. All of us have been created with a God-shaped vacuum, and only God can fill. Blaise Pascal. A car is made to run on gasoline, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel. Our spirits were designed to burn... uh, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. Anything that endures for a shorter time than the soul does does, is incapable of satisfying the soul. The soul is eternal. The only thing that can satisfy it is something that which is eternal, that's only God. So when you witness to people, I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I go into it knowing the ultimate core truth. You got a mask on. Yours might be money, it might be fame. It might be success. It might be education and power and prestige and degrees and all these things. And, and you got a smile on. But I know you're so frustrated and empty and scared to ask the question that was evoked in me when I'm looking at my friend in the casket. It was forced to come out. What is life all about? Is there meaning? Is God real? And you and I have the privilege to share that. Final story over here on the next page. August 12, 2000, Barents Sea. A okay. uh, Russian nuclear submarine called the K-141 curse drifted to the bottom of the sea. Most of the 118 sailors were instantly killed. However, tapping noises detected in the icy waters and later a note in the pocket of the lieutenant revealed that at least 23 men, true story, remained alive after the initial explosions. These sailors were trapped aboard with little hope and no means of communication uh, on the outside world. It is almost unbearable to think about what these men were going through. Yet think about this for a moment. Imagine the overwhelming joy those men would have felt because they died, would have felt, okay, if they heard a voice from the outside through radio transmission saying, it's gonna be all right. We know you're down there. We know what you're going through. Don't worry. We're gonna try to save you. We're sending someone down to help you and to get you Uh, Listen to what he says, follow his instructions, and you will live. Imagine the cheering that would result with those guys if they heard that voice from above. Here's the analogy. Some of the professors today, our friends, our peers, the TV, the media, will try to convince you that our universe is just like that submarine They'll try to convince you that we live in a closed system called the universe and that we're drifting aimlessly through space without meaning or purpose or ultimate destination. They'll tell you that there is no voice out there to speak to us. There's no one to comfort us or help us or guide us. They will try to convince you that there is no hope for life outside this system. They'll claim that we are on our own uh, and our few days in this world is all we got. Don't be deceived because God is real and God has spoken. There is a voice outside this system and that voice has said it's going to be all right I know you're down there. I know what you're going through. Don't worry. I'm going to save you I'm going to send my son to help you and get you listen to what he says follow his instructions earth and you will live That's what we're doing every day christian Why do we go through this study? so I can win that debate (laughs) with that non-Christian. No, so we can become defenders of the faith. The faith of what? The faith that has been entrusted to us. That God is real. And you don't have to live a meaningless life anymore. Not one more day if you would just listen to his voice right here. That says, I sent my son to come rescue you. Just do what he says. There's only one way out. And you should be excited that there is even a way out of that submarine. It's right there. It's through the cross. It's a gift. You can't earn this. You can't do nothing. You're not getting out of this thing. He's coming from the outside. He's coming to you. He's doing all the work. All you got to do is just reach out and take it. And he'll save you. That's what we're doing. And when we live like that every day, that's awesome. That's what it means to be a defender of the faith. That's ultimately what we're doing. We're not here to win an argument. We didn't go through this whole study just to (laughs) puff up our heads and get that 500 daily double bonus at Jeopardy. Yeah! I knew who Moses' dog's favorite brand of ice cream was. Moses probably didn't have a dog and I don't think they had ice cream in the desert. It's to lead people to Jesus so they could stop living those vain and meaningless lives just like us. Amen? Plus, I'll just share this in closing. It'll also give you a great positive attitude. I think sometimes that's what's missing in the church. Because we're not living for today. We're stuck in a past. Or we're hey, what about tomorrow? And it shows in our attitude. But when you're living each day for Jesus, man, there is joy. There's a positive attitude. And you think, you know, God's on the throne, man. God's taking care of me. Life is good. He knows what he's doing. Things are positive. Why do you got to be all so glum? Why do you got to be so... Why you, and those positive attitudes change but i really think that you get that positive attitude when you're doing what he says to do each day life is good nothing to complain about and it really helps to change your today i'll close with this there were two boys who had two totally different outlooks on life the first one was habitually negative no matter what it was he would see the bad in it however the second boy was just the opposite he had this amazing talent of finding good in every single situation well, awestruck by the adolescent differences, some psychiatrists decided to test and see if they could get the boys to change their dispositions. So they took the negative boy to Toys R Us after hours so that he could have the whole store to himself. Then the psychiatrist announced that he could have any toy he wanted in the whole store. In fact, he could have as many toys as he wanted in the whole store, yet surprisingly, the boy just sat there on the floor. Well, thinking they, he may not have heard him clearly, the doctors repeated their instructions that, listen, you can have any toy you want in the store as much as you want. The boy continued to remain still and finally one of the experimenters decided to help him get started So he pointed towards a pair of skates and he says here's here's some skates Would you like to have these and the boy goes are you crazy? Don't you know that I could fall and break my leg? Another psychiatrist. Well, he brought over a bicycle He just knew that no kid could resist a brand new shiny bike But the negative boy cried. Are you trying to kill me? Don't you know how many people get run over by cars by riding bikes? Second boy, he was taken to a farm. He's the positive one, right? Experiments thought for sure they had found something that there's no way he's going to be positive about this. They put before him uh, a huge two-story mound of horse manure. But before they could say anything, the boy charged into the massive pile of dung and he's digging into it. He's slinging it, man. Manure's going crazy all over the place like a frenzy. Uh, uh, it was almost, you couldn't hardly even see him from the, the, the flying debris of manure everywhere. And the psych, psychiatrists, they're amazed. They're shocked. And they, they hurry over to the kid and they says, what in the world are you doing? Don't you know this is horse Manure. And still searching intently, still engaged in digging, the positive boy says, of course I know that. I says, what are you looking for? He says, well, listen. He's all excited. He says, I figured that with this big of a pile of manure, there must be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great to have that attitude every day? No matter what you're going through that day, it doesn't matter. Life is good. God's taking care of us. You got clothes, had some food, had a place to sleep. Okay, so this happened. But you know what? God's in control. God loves me. I'm his child. How many times has he got to tell us in his Word? I work all things together for good. All things, all things together for good for those who love him. And I love him. So there's got to be a pony in here somewhere in this thing. <laughs> right? And then you come, it could be 15 minutes later, same day. Here comes another pile of manure. There's got to be a pony. Right? And each day you look, it's, oh. And dare I say, if we live like that, when we share our faith as defenders of the faith, okay, it's going to be much more positive because we're acting like, you know what? There really is meaning and joy and peace each day with Jesus Christ. If all you got out of this study was just a bunch of factual information, you missed the whole point. It's to get us equipped to live today, to be witnesses for Jesus, to defend the faith, to lead people out of this, Horrible submarine called planet Earth. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? God bless.